And this is Christian Brothers Speak Podcast, where we interview the innovative, the daring, and the bold, providing informative topics for the black LGBT. And you know, one of the things that I always, every now and then, I have one of those entrepreneurial moments. And one of the biggest things that I always notice that when it comes to branding, it's, it's still kind of difficult for a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people actually starting their own company out there. And I decided, you know what, let me bring in an expert. Why not bring in somebody who knows exactly what they're doing out there, who's actually a little more well-known, especially within uh, certain industries. Uh, actually, a lot of industries um, after doing some research here. So I want to bring in Mr. Melvin Brown, who is the managing director of Lemon Brand, which is a boutique creative agency that cultivates brands and products through strategic branding, strategic social media strategy, brand activation, product development, and sales and graphic design. That's a lot to say, but... <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Melvin? I'm great. How are you? Just fine, just fine. I also have my co-host also today, who's an author, and his name is Mr. Edward Miller. Say hello to the audience. Hello, everyone. <laughs> hey, Edward. Hello. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that I've noticed when it comes to branding, quite frankly, I don't think a lot of people know how to do it. I really don't think a lot. I think a lot of people they get an inkling of it. They know exactly uh, or have an idea of what they want to do, but necessarily how to execute that idea, not so much. There's a mass understanding of, of of actually incorrect understanding of what branding is. I think that people think that branding just means looking good, right? And I think what they're missing is the purpose behind it. There's a reason why brands choose to look good or choose to, you know, exhibit bright colors or dark colors. There's a strategy um, and several meetings before even presenting themselves. So I think a lot of people are just, just trying to focus on looking good without any real direction or real goal. That's, and that's very interesting because you're right. It, it, it really is. I think one time I even I looked up on the Internet when it came down to just the, the color green. The color green has so many psychological meanings behind it, along with blue and why companies choose what they choose. McDonald's, uh, from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, I think McDonald's chose red was because they want it to be quick. They want their customers in and out and moving moving along. There, there's a lot of things that comes with the color. So. I, that's just one aspect, but of course, I want to want people to kind of get familiar with you in terms of your career. What made you start Lemon Brands? I started Lemon Brands because um, I actually um, in college I placed out an internship because um, I was like currently in stores with some of the brands that I actually created myself. So it was like weird to like intern when I have interns. However, <laughs> when I was done with school, I wanted to intern only to get the experience at an agency. And I ended up working with um, brands like Guinness, um, Under Diageo, and Smirnoff. And what happened was, you know, I was like 19, and I think I had did um, a lot of the brand activation ideas because I come from like a Western culture. And with Guinness, they were doing like a Juve, Brooklyn type of activation with just that uh, West Indian culture. And I knew a lot about it, a, a lot about it. Um, but what happened was I came up with a lot of the ideas for the brand activation in the event. And, you know, I was just like a little intern slash little thing. And I didn't think they were going to actually use my ideas. I got there. My shit was everywhere. <laughs> I mean, everything. And I'm sitting here like, oh, my God. It was crazy. I mean, even like down to the names of a drink. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. That day, um, <laughs> I had moved to Atlanta. Um, and I wanted to be able to do that and 
me get the money for it and me get all not all not that I needed all the credit, but I ain't get none. Hell, they didn't even tell me they was gonna use my ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so it was I was like, no, there's no way in hell that I can come up with this stuff for major brands and there's no reason why I should not be reaping, you know, the benefits of my actual ideas that right. were not, you know, inspired or Googled by somebody else. It was all done from me and you know, I've always had a wild creative imagination. You know, I'm out. I've done a lot of stuff in the creative field, and I wanted to create a business that I could be a hundred percent proud of and stand behind. Um, and then pretty much just offer all the services that I offer. You know, to look at my resume and what I'm capable of doing. That's what Lemon Brands is. All right, all right. Well, it totally makes a lot of sense, Melvin. I have a question. It sounds like because you had some early success at it, do you think that branding requires some instinct? Absolutely. I mean, you have to you have to have an edge. You have, you actually have to have a certain level of taste because everybody does creative this and creative that, and it's not so much of things looking pretty anymore. A lot of it has to make sense. So when you're talking about strategic branding and you're talking about brand activation, why are you doing? is usually the first question. A lot of people don't know why they're doing it. They have a general, you know, kind of response of, well, I just want to be this. I want to look good. I want to be successful. You know, everyone determines what success is differently. I mean, even with fashion brands, there's so many fashion people have no clue that there's a thing called wholesale. They have no clue. And I'm like, yeah, in the stores it looks good. Online it looks good. But back end, people are negotiating how much and what from people's collections are actually going to be in stores for consumers to go then and create this whole new life of their own with, you know, whatever it is that these products and these brands want to offer. So, you know, the matter of looking good, but understanding why and what direction, what your goals are, and what you want to accomplish, and then taking those necessary steps to just accomplish that in itself is one big old job before you can get to the part of bloating in the looks of it and, and having people give you feedback on how you look. So it's always just a little different, but instinct is definitely you I have can to be able yeah, you have to be able to separate yourself from everybody in order to even be considered um a reliable resource. What are what are some of the uh, strategies uh, of developing a strong brand and some mm -hmm. of the components of having a strong brand? Is the beginning. A lot of people a lot of people come to me with brands and, you know, they want me to help, um, I guess, create visibility for their brands and majority of the brands. I'm a 360 um, agency, meaning, you know, I kind of deal with it in and out from very beginning to the very end. I can, you know, take control over whatever it is I need to do and take full accountability for the growth of a brand. It's hard to take accountability for a brand that didn't come up with the name, didn't come up with the logo, didn't come up with certain things, and then it's like trying to, you know, pull out just whatever success you can from a brand, but with me and the way that we do things is once they come in, we do what we call a lemon squeeze, where we kind of tear the brand apart. Okay. And we squeeze all whatever we got left about it and get rid of the seeds. Um, but what we come back is to kind of create that lemonade. So what needs to happen for this brand to be truly one, competitive in whatever industry or market they're in. Um, we take a really close look at their competitors and then people that they seek to be like um, through like brand associations. So it's like, it's, it's a lot of paying attention to that foundation at the beginning. If you start off wrong, you're going to end wrong. Now, how important is building your brand to your market? 
that's not really, I mean, everybody says this differently. I think that it's not really that important to build to your market. I think it's more so important to build to what's available and then what's not available, if that makes sense. You can't really build to a market when something that you may be building it doesn't exist. Right. And you may be reintroducing something completely different and new. Um, however, you can go about certain things in a traditional way where you still follow the necessary steps that every brand wants to do. But what's going to separate you from everyone else? There are a million options out, out here. How do you become that option to a large mass of consumers? And usually that's with things that are not in the market. That's usually with, you know, very innovative and, and um, I guess just a little more simpler ways of getting directly to a consumer. I mean, consumers are really slow. It's so bad how slow people are. You can tell them three ninety nine all day and they will still ask you how much. <laughs> you know so. <laughs> You know, one of the things that, that when especially when especially when it comes to brand new entrepreneurs who really don't know exactly how to brand themselves, what are the questions that you're supposed to be asking yourself about your company, about you? Uh, what are those questions? What things would you ask? Well the question that I have that I have for like brands that approach me that want like a rebranding or, you know, want just like a refresher. Um, you know, my main question is who who that already exists, who do you look up to as as who can you see your brand aligning with as far as other products that are out there? A lot of people, um, it's like when they think of their competitors, it's like, oh, and no, the competitors are like your best friend should be doing whatever they're doing and then some. Interesting. So it's really important to understand who does what you do and how they do it. And then also understanding who you are, what you want to do, and then how you also want to do it differently. Because most people, when you hear people talk about their competitors, they're like, oh, I don't have competition. I'm like, well, you don't have a business. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have Because I need to chase you something that no one else wants to chase. Right. There is nothing that innovative that you think you're the only one doing it. No. It's not that. There are certain industries and markets that are saturated. There are certain industries and markets that no one really cares about because the margins aren't good enough. You know, even in fashion, sometimes it's hard with fashion. The margins aren't that great. It's not. It's really hard to make money. And money is made in fashion and value. Unless you're moving like 100,000 units, I mean, moving one piece that costs $90, what is that doing for your pocketbook? Nothing. Wow. So, you know, really understanding that is a very, very good starting point. And then from there, a lot of it is also um, personal brand. Um, if you want to have a successful brand, you have to have a successful mind. You have to have a successful flow of who you are um, as an individual and also an understanding. Um, a lot of people get into business not expecting what's going to come up month four, five, and six. They're excited about month one. Everything looks good. They got money right now. But now it's time to operate the business and to have overhead, and people don't plan for it. So it's like it's just kind of like this false, um, just idea or reality of what it is to have a brand and, and what it is and what you need to actually start. A lot of people think it's just an idea, and it's not. You know, when it comes to building a solid brand, it seems as though it takes years to really get a solid brand of people to recognize. Is that true? No, absolutely not. The, the number one thing in branding and, and recognition and visibility is the consistency and not saying that you have to do something every day, but having a schedule where a certain type of content and it's balanced and it looks good is 
like, you know, people are so quick to want to put something out right away and it doesn't really represent their brand or the direction that they're throwing it. They're just really excited about doing something. Gotcha. Um, there's a lot of brands that post on social media on Mondays, then maybe they post on Friday, maybe this season they have five but the next season they only got one. So it's like, it's all about once you hit the go button, once you go public, once you go live, it's all about consistency. It's all about brand education and including that in whatever it is that you you know deliver individually can teach people about a country just through using the colors of their flag in the marketing there's so many little different visual elements um that can go into creating a brand and you can do it fast you can do it within i've created brands in 30 days or less and but it's all about it's all about the execution and it's all about staying consistent Listen, a lot of experts are now looking to brand themselves. So somebody might be an expert at talking about fixing watches and they want to brand themselves and put themselves out there, market themselves in order to create a business of fixing watches. Are you finding that a lot of people nowadays are very conscious of how to promote themselves in, in business by developing and promoting their brands? You know, it's funny. A lot of business owners and brand owners they don't like being the forefront. You have the very few in fashion that are like, oh my God, I want to be seen. But they're so focused about just the brand itself having an identity that they don't really think about that. However, that is a core piece in branding with Lemon Brand. For every owner of every brand and business that we have, we do what we call like an owner feature where we give them a photo shoot to kind of the same thing that we implement into the brand and the product and whatever it is, we have to instill that into the owner of the brand. That's the person who first it. So they have to be a representation of what the brand needs to be. Not necessarily that they're going to be public. However, that understanding and also that experience of it. So doing a photo shoot with them, you know, doing their bio properly. Um, you know, doing sometimes even an EPK, like a, you know, media kit, a press kit for them. Um, because a lot of angles, especially with press these days, is based off of, oh, we're looking for, for instance, we're looking for a black female, you know, business owner. And then that's their gateway in for the brand. They're featured on, you know, Fox News in the morning. And, you know, like I said, a lot of what's happening now is that personal connection. It's hard to personally connect and, um, just be relatable to a fashion brand. I mean, you can see that through their marketing and models and stuff like that. But when you get to, you know, American Express does it too. They feature the business owners and the small business owners, and you see that's the way in for a lot of brands. So the personal branding is super important. Um, like I said, that has to be a strong foot forward so that the brand can also follow behind it. Got it. Got it. I have another question. As a minority company, uh, how have you been able to? Uh, create a unique positioning for your clients, or does that in, or is that come into play at all as a minority business? Um, and no, and no, it absolutely does. Um, being, I, I think, being you know, black, gay, young, there's so much negative that I deal with. Uh, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> there's so. I mean, I have an office in Times Square. We had to change just the offices and stuff. I've had people, you know, walk past my conference rooms with my staff and, you know, we're all young and my clients and, you know, they're staring at us and they're questioning certain things. They come and open my doors and I'm like, I don't know who y'all think I am, but y'all close my door. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I even had some people say, does he belong here? Yeah, I do belong here. I have the four person office with the ball that drops in Times Square in my window. So yes, I belong here. But, 
it's so much that we deal with on that side. However, there's a positive to being black, gay, and young. They associate that with everything progressive. Okay. Everything that, when they see me or, or they hear about, like, what we do and how we look, and then they see, you know, we show up for a meeting, and it's like you meet with older, you know, brand owners, and then, you know, here we are sitting here looking like kids. However, one thing that I know that is associated with success and just black and, and gay is greatness, which is happens to be, you know, a plus. You know, when they hear gay, they're like, oh, it's going to be great. That's not necessarily always true. <laughs> However, it's, it's true in this case. <laughs> so it's actually it's actually been a blessing that black gay owned agency that can come in and one specialize in the uh, market, but also bring um, that rich culture and then just kind of pure movement into what a lot of people consider as kind of like old and traditional. There's a lot, and that's why I even came up with the company name and the color. And I didn't want to do the typical blues and the greens and the oranges that these marketing agencies have and it's have, they have this super formal weird name. Um, so right out the gate, our brand is already out of the box. Already out the gate, our you know staff is out of the box. So it kind of inspires um, and makes sense of our strategies and kind of like just any initiative that we go towards and go after um, it's, it's in line and it's comparable and it's associated with you know, who we are as even just an agency. You know, I, I actually got to compliment you, but again, the Lemon Brands, it sounds refreshing. Refreshingly creative, I was like, I like that name, Lemon Brands. Yeah. Even when you go on your website, you made it very clear when it comes to Lemon Inspirations and all those other things. I said, you know what? Right. Uh, I got to give it to you. You definitely did very good with that. You know, uh, what so I'm much. also discovering is that you know, when it when it comes down to, at times, that when it comes to marketing, people automatically believe they know what to do. They automatically, it's just, I don't know if you ever come across that, where people automatically feel that, oh, this is all you have to do, as though they already know the answers to do it. So what are it's those? It's annoying. Yeah, it, it it's is. the it's, most you. annoying thing on the planet, because, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. I see a lot of people that are excellent individually. Um. And then there's people who are excellent for other people. And, you know, both are okay. But one thing I always say is don't tell me to hire a designer, a fashion designer, for one of my clients to design a collection for him when this designer wasn't able to be successful on his own. Mm. Um, one thing that I stand behind is that, you know, when I was doing my individual things and I modeled and I had brands and stuff, I was able to put myself into certain positions on my own. Um, so to be able to translate that and convert that into something where you have that same passion, that same drive as if these other brands were mine, um, it's a, it's a different, completely different approach. A lot of people go off of what they think. Um, they go off of theory. They'll tell you a million reasons why they don't like something, but can't tell you why. They'll say, oh, I don't like that. And I'm like, oh, okay. So can you give me something that helps me understand why you don't like it? Because it has to make sense. You can't tell them, you can't tell people that oh customers didn't like this and then just walk away. No, they want to know why, what they didn't like, what did they like, you know, what were they saying. A lot of people don't understand that there's accountability when it's to marketing, branding, and then also just even recommendations and consulting. You know, anybody can tell you to go straight ahead. You know, that's, that's right. kind of given. Um, but what happens when I get to a light? What happens when it's time to turn right? Like, what? <laughs> a lot of people don't know that part. 
So, you know, it's, 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 it's hard because you can't really tell who really knows. A lot of people, a lot of information is out here. You can literally Google half the stuff that, you know, we're even talking about now. Um, but I think the difference between being able to say is also being able to do and actually being able to prove that. My confidence comes from experience. It comes from being able to secure $200,000 purchase orders with a company like Century 21 or Saks Fifth Avenue for a brand um, and really understanding that a lot of stuff, and when it comes to branding, people think it's about their taste and what they like, and it's not. There's a lot of brands that I can't stand. I think their branding is horrible. I think I think the product is horrible, but they're making millions of dollars. So it's all about making it make sense for who we need to make sense for, um, and then making sure it's lucrative. Don't nobody want a business that they ain't getting paid. That's for sure. How important is it to really get a real handle on the uh, the target market that your branding <laughs> is being focused at? It depends on it depends on the industry. It depends on like with restaurants. That's very difficult to figure out because at that point, for a restaurant or anything that's brick and mortar, your you know your target customers is everybody that's local. Everybody within three miles of, of your location. Uh-huh. So it doesn't really matter about that. However, um, then comes into the play of properly reaching them. So you can have an ad that just has people in it, you know, for the area that everybody kind of say they like it or they don't. However, if you make the marketing specific for African Americans, where there's something clever in it that attracts. So okay. black folks see certain stuff and we're like, Ooh, that's definitely for us. Yeah. You know, if you put a rainbow on anything, the gauge is <laughs> So it's like, you know, figuring out your primary market first. That's always, as long as you have a primary market, there's no, I don't, I feel like at this point, everything is so fluid. I mean, gender, you know, sexuality, yes. taste, and, you know, I see the white folks at the black stuff. I see the black stuff, black folks at the white stuff. It is really hard to pinpoint. I have seen the corniest white people come out of nowhere and start spitting biggie lyrics. And I'm like, oh, you know, perception, it, it, you know, and all that, that's a, it's a little, it's a little different now. Sometimes what you think it really is the exact opposite. So it's hard to say, you know, in certain markets, this is all we want to go after, you know, and stuff like that. So as long as you have a primary target and you have a primary type of customer, a lot of building your business is going to be expanding and figuring out who the other customers are. So the number one customer is, you know, the number one customer is Chris. You know, the next customer, this customer is Melvin. And Melvin likes to do this and he's here and he does there. But Melvin and Chris, they sometimes cross paths. So, you know, identifying your customers as you build the brand, as you build your business. But like I said, it's, it's not really that solid anymore. It's not really that clear anymore. So it's hard to say, you know, oh, my primary, you know, customer, she's, you know, white and she's this and she's that. And okay, that's nice. Um, you cut, (laughs) you cut, you cut a piece of the pie of the money that you want. And so where I'm at and with business and my brand, because everything is so diverse now and because taste is so just, you know, you just never know. Um, you want to kind of leave that open for everybody. So not generalizing your marketing, but making it to where, um, it's versatile. I got you. You know, I've noticed so much in media lately that minorities, blacks, Latin, brown has become really prominent in, in media, uh, in, in branding and in um, advertising. You very rarely see a white girl or a white boy being um, spokespersons or models right. in, um, uh, for branding. 
you always mm-hmm. seen all these international looking people. The, what do they call they it? Uh, racially ambiguous people ambiguous, that are involved yeah. in that. Well, that's the time. That's due to the time. I mean, even now with my, I do, I do the planning and marketing for a lot of brands, and right away I'm thinking, okay, of course we won't have somebody white, but we go to, we need somebody black, we need somebody this. Diversity is everything at this point. Yes. It's it's all about being super inclusive all together in every way. Everybody wants all the money. <laughs> and <laughs> they want all the money. Before advertising and marketers, they didn't care. At that point, um, the black dollar and brown dollar wasn't flexing like how it was in like the early 2000s. It, that, for me, that was the rise of a scene where black folks, it was kind of like a thing. And it's, it's like an aesthetic. And um, you see it. And then BET, you know, they did their thing with creating what it looks like to be black today, you know, alongside, you know, what the other marketing, you know, what other people consider regular marketing, but the marketing that's only inclusive to, like, white folks and stuff like that and people yeah. of a certain caliber. Um, but at this point, you know, I heard, you know, the gay business is like a $2 trillion, you know, business and black business, who knows where that number is. But, you know, at this point, people just want the money. They could care less about who was in it. They want to make sure that they they make sure that people can picture themselves with their product gotcha. and purchasing for those things. So at that point, it's all about money. It's good that we're progressing, but it's not in a way where it's like, oh, we want to highlight black folks. No, we it's want that black yet. folk money. So we, yeah, we're nowhere near that. I don't, I, I truly don't believe that because it's even in fashion now, fashion week, you know, a lot of the brands, they're finding it cool to incorporate more black folks, but, the prominency of it is white. I work in fashion. I'm at the trade show. I don't see a lot of black folks. Interesting. You know, I, Interesting. I don't see a lot of black folks at all. And, it's, and it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. It makes me sad because there are so many black folks that I know that say they work in fashion. And I'm like, well, shit, where the hell y'all work? Because I don't see y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, so I, have, I have one more question I want to ask. What have been some of your greatest achievements in branding and strategic marketing? Um, well, the fact that I'm still here two years later, that's my first. <laughs> it's hard to be black, gay, and, and, and feel, and it's, I mean, everybody want a piece. It is a target on your back, I mean, in a negative and a positive way. Um, so with just kind of like what I deal with, with so many different types of clients and in so many different types of industries and dealing with so many different types of suppliers and third-party folks, to be still here and doing it is for me is one of my greatest accomplishments because it's not a lot I don't know any other black gay owned agencies at all actually um right. and not saying I don't have competition however there might be an Apple brands out there somewhere that want to peace but uh that's my first my second it would have to be um Color Blocks Music Festival I don't know if you guys are familiar Color with that. Blocks yes uh, I yeah. believe uh Matter of fact, they were featuring one of your clients, which I also interviewed, uh, Lambda Vodka. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Yes, that's one of my clients is Lambda Vodka. Yeah. So, Color Block, what it was is, you know, growing up black and gay, there's been so many circuit parties and festivals and stuff like that where, you know, black folks and stuff like that, um, where they come together and they travel. And it's always, always nice. Um, one thing I was proud about Color Block was that we were able to create a brand that, when you saw it, you didn't immediately see gay. You didn't immediately see black. And what happens with that kind of marketing, it allows for big brands and big business to feel like, you know, 
there's a little potential here for what they have going on. It's really hard to have something with a specific niche that can also speak to brands that are very, very, very commercial. That is very hard to do, and that's why a lot of years, you know, a lot of black business had to be, you know, self-financed. Right. So there's a lot of opportunity now for like McDonald's is doing a whole bunch of marketing with black stuff and a lot of big brands are stepping into it, especially gay stuff as well too. Um so with that said, with Color Black I was able to create something that spoke to consumers, that spoke to the market and the people that are in it, and also spoke to big business. And that's usually one of the toughest uh things in branding is trying to please the customer and then also please you know, I was reading this article not that long ago in regards to uh, companies are still, and actually I think I posted on my Instagram too, companies are still having issues marketing to the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I see. I understand. <laughs> um, you know what? I wouldn't say they have a difficult time marketing to LGBT. I think they have a difficult time um, marketing to the black and the colored LGBT Um, You know, Gay people have the highest DPIs, the disposable income. You know, we have the most money to spend on, on anything that we want, essentially, is what I mean. Right, right. There's not really a priority like, oh, the kids are going to school this fall. Ain't nobody going nowhere. Ain't nobody spending this. Ain't nobody going to no damn Miami. <laughs> you know, there's no, <laughs> you know, there's, <laughs> there's no, oh, we got a mortgage next, but like, like, people have that, but overall, we have the highest DPI. However, Spend it on things that we think bring validation to who we are versus that make us happy. Um, When I shop, you know, I'm the type of person where I feel like I kind of have everything I want to back. You know, what is it that you want? I'm like, well, I kind of have everything that I want. I just want more of it. You know, a lot of people, um, they purchase things based off of what others are doing. Um, Like I said, just even with brands, when they develop stuff without a purpose. A lot of people purchase with no pur- with no purpose. As long as it has a high ticket or it's something that someone else can't afford, then that's usually why they purchase it. No one really purchases anything for. No one really likes the brand or under or even though I mean I hear people say certain things about fashion and they have no clue who the creative director is. <laughs> they have no clue what stories is. They don't know anything about the brand, but they know they're familiar with the style and that's just the mass, you know. That's with fast fashion and mass just consumption and stuff like that. Um, the black community, they, I would say the black gay community is sort of lost. You know, really? I see white gay stuff and I see white gay parties and I see white gay just commerce. And it's so heavily supported that it drives itself. The black community, you have to force them to assemble in a certain area. And then even when they do, they segregate still. I don't know how we found a way to be black and gay in seven, <laughs> eight different ways. <laughs> but, wow. you know, they they figured it out. And however, it splits that dollar. It splits the dollar and it takes it from being super valuable to being super, like, circumstantial. Like, you know, is it the right time of the year? Is it, is it you know, is, is it the time where people are not going to be wearing clothes? And so it's just so many different things that go into it that a lot of marketers not think about because they don't understand the culture of it. So when I go to black stuff and they get on stage and they say certain things and I'm just like, y'all are so delusional. It's just crazy to me to hear that when when it's time to see those dollars. And like even with black gay artists, there are so many black LGBT artists that 
if we have the highest DPI and we have the most influence as black gays, how in hell we don't have a mainstream black gay artist in music, period? Yeah, I hear you. You know, a lot of these crazy things. You know, you know, I think the funny part, I just had an interview not that long ago uh, with Mr. Earl Folks in regards to the Pride events across the United mm-hmm. States. And one of the biggest things that a lot of the Pride events seem not to be pulling in those big commercial dollars as much as the white ones do. And I, you know, I, 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 he was trying to, you know, like explain it to in terms of what are the reasons why. And, you know, from your standpoint, like if you were to actually wave a magic wand right now in terms of what would it really take to consistently finance a lot of the Pride events across the United States, especially the African-American ones, what are the, the top three things that you would actually change about our Pride events? For instance, when I go to, if I go to a white club, I don't really have a door fee. I don't recall ever paying anything at the door. Um, when I go to black stuff, it's like inflated on top of a price. It's like $80 to get in, and I'm just thoroughly confused. And the reason why I think that's an important part to change is because it's placing, it's placing all of the responsibility for what it, the experience is black and gay is placing it on just a dollar if that makes sense so when you come in when you spend eighty dollars you want to get your money's worth you're not worried about the experience you're worried about whatever motives that you have for you to feel like this eighty dollars is worth it a lot of the white gay stuff they are into experience they are into testing and touching and and following up you know there's plenty of people you know you want to you ask them for their email they don't want to give their email. Yeah. What is a company going to do with when it's time to see, you know, ROI? You know, sometimes they don't even have to give money for the brand. They just want to be able to say, you know, we got contacts, we got emails, we got this, we got that. And this is something that we can do and work with in the future as far as trying to convert them. It is hard to convert people who, who don't want to be converted, if that makes sense. And do you think it had, may have anything to do with the, uh, culturally uh, black people are not as... Um, open to being exposed as being gay as absolutely Absolutely. they've been okay with doing the same shit every year and literally when you can do that it it doesn't have a real reasoning or a purpose behind it a lot of what when the white gays put stuff together it's themes it's all these things and they're and and it and it's they're convicted with it though you're not going to come in and see it half-assed Black folks, they can tell you all day they want to get together to support the community. Honey, five minutes in, everybody's just talking to each other, drinking, flopping, and falling the hell out. And that's not everybody. However, when you have a goal, when you have a mission, when you have a purpose, um, and you want to achieve it, you do everything that you can possibly to make sure that that happens. A lot of what they say they want to happen doesn't happen. You know, you go to gay stuff, they say they're going to have testing. You know, you, you know, they get funding from all these, you know, aid chefs and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. I didn't see nobody get tested that shit. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of stuff. It's like they, they, they have these promises. Like the black gay market has so much promise. But what needs to happen and what needs to change for that promise to actually happen? And honestly, to be completely honest, I think it's because of value. I think that the black gays, I think that we value things that shouldn't have so much importance. Um, I think that, you know, we seek validation from opportunities given to us by others instead of taking the opportunity from ourselves. 
Wow. You know, when it comes to an image, you know, branding an image versus branding a product, uh, is there a difference in how hard it is in terms of branding? Yes, because image, image is like a little subjective a little bit. Image is whatever you want to portray. And, and it's not necessarily you need to do it a certain way for people to like you. No, because one thing about image is ha- it has to be authentic. Product is different. If it's Clorox and it cleans, I mean, as long as it cleans, no one cares. Um, so it's, it's, it's a little, di- it's a little different. Products have a purpose. Products have, you know, a specific reason why you purchase it for it to do something, whatever the case may be. So when you do branding for products, it's more about just making sure you get straight to the point and making sure it's something that you on the eye and it's a product that, you know, people want or people favor. Um, image wise, there's so much that can come from an image creates opportunity. Um, image attracts opportunity. Image attracts money. Um, so with that said, if it's not authentic, that's going to be hard to do. We're in a stage in a period of time where everything is about being different. Everything is about being yourself. Everything is about being just authentic to whatever it is that you represent. A lot of people get on board with that. They're like, and I think that's why it's media kind of like the LGBT thing kind of is progressing. Mm-hmm. People are okay with people being themselves, but they're okay with it when it's up front, gotcha. when it's authentic, and when it's, um, and it's, you know, a lot of times, a lot of things are kind of left, but, you know, at one point, everything was left. Yeah, when they see when the cavemen saw fire, they didn't know what to do. So it's like, you know, with that, it's all about just presenting yourself the way that you want and you know, when you have goals and you have a direction, kind of sticking to that and being authentic to that 100%. You know, also when, I, when it comes to people knowing exactly when to bring in an expert. <laughs> mm-hmm. when a lot of people, sometimes they don't know and they keep spinning their wheels. When is the perfect time to bring in an expert like yourself? As soon as you have an idea. It should be the first thing you do. Like I said, you finish how you start. I like that. You absolutely do. And like I said, there's so many options out here. And how do you become one of the top options, if not the only option? Everybody has different goals. Everybody has different dreams and stuff like that. However, if you don't start with a strong foundation, and granted, there's a lot of brands that you know made it out here. However, it doesn't take a year for a business to be successful. Yeah. It doesn't take longer for me than 30 days to rebrand a business. As long as, like I said, I can only work as hard as a brand is willing to work for itself. Right. So no matter if you want to seek an expert or not, if you're not willing, because I can't run your business, I can make you look good, I can point you in the right direction, you know, introduce you to the right people and put you in the position. However, you still got to go and tap dance. It ain't me. Cause she can't tap dance. Not even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend people stick with what you know. If you truly do want to be successful in business, if you truly do want to be an entrepreneur, the very first step is understanding that you can't do it alone. Right. That's absolutely Period. Right. If you think you can do it all, good luck. There's, there's a black company, um, mm-hmm. a LBGTG company. Um, how do your clients, what do, what do they get, what do people get from your company as opposed to other uh, branding or, or, or marketing strategy company? Why would they come to you? So they would come to, well, because we're black-owned and LGBTQ, we're already a part of the most progressive parts of you know, any market. Um, we are on the cut of the future, 
and what that Very looks good. like because we also have to adjust to what marketing says versus who we are. And I think as black gay people, we spend a lot of time being what they think we should be and how it should look. Exactly. We're in a place where being different and being, you know, innovative and fresh and artistic and authentic is something that's praised. Um, it's something that's photographed. You know, you can come out in a suit out of fashion weekend, you know, they might get one little flash. You come out in the most ridiculous outfit, honey, don't they are flashy suits, honey. There is cameras and like if they don't give a guy you can have a you could be a boy with heels on. Like it that's what is looked at now because that's what creates inspiration. I got um and that's kinda what we do at Lemograms. You know, people see the things that we do and it's like, oh, we we never pictured it that way, or we gotcha, never seen a, gotcha. music, a gay music festival, you know, could possibly look that way. Um, so a lot of what being black and gay is vision. Are you kidding me? I mean, everything up until now, creatively and artistic, a lot of that is literally carried by someone of black, gay, you know, background. Um, so with that said, um, the advantage of being at Lemon Brands is we have a huge understanding of business, 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 business. Now, while looking cute is everything, that's, like I said, that's the beginning of what we do. Um, after that, it's about business. So understanding why you're choosing this, understanding why you're going in this direction, understanding yes. why you're choosing to put this out before it's that. Um, we have a healthy, healthy balance of traditional business mixed with innovation and culture and just um elevated elevated marketing so and we represent that ourselves so you know with every brand that we touch those are kind of like the sentiments and the elements that we kind of incorporate into just everything that we do but uh one thing i will say is um definitely stick with people who not talk about it but are about it you know what i'm i'm, I'm really impressed with is that you know we as a as a people are getting confident in our own voice and our own strategies mm -hmm. and yep. our own approaches toward getting our message out. That's what I was saying. It's that's important. I, I really do think it's, it's self value. It's the value that we have to create within our own community. I, I agree. How how you expect McDonald's to see value in a market that we don't see value of ourselves? We're too busy investing into the white products and not what white products is, but stuff that is you know, mainstream and you know, we weren't we weren't created to be that. We weren't created to follow. You know, I just posted on my Instagram the other day. You know, in my opinion, there's, there's too many Indians, not enough chiefs. Mm. And you know, with that said, it's important to be confident and to be, you know, comfortable with who you are and what that represents. Because, yes. like I said, we have a dollar. We have a dollar that's valuable. It's strong. Um, and it's the future. People want that. Everybody's trying to figure out how they're still going to be here next year. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. And being black and gay, there's a avenue for being able to say, well, this is next year. Do you want to hop on a train or not? And <laughs> really conveying that and also communicating that in a way that they can understand. A lot of people are so gun hold on being different. Great. You're different. How are you going to get this business person to understand and receive you and not that you need to paint it a certain way but ultimately you have to function and live in this world that yeah. you create um and with that said you can be you know the next girl that wants to be this that and great however if you're not versatile enough to understand a business person and then also understand a consumer you'll never be able to connect those two people 
gotcha. and that's what that's what black and LGBT is missing. We're missing what that bridge looks like and 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 how it needs to be built in order for McDonald's and all these big brands to want to cross it. Wow. Well, you know what, Melvin. Like I said, you you definitely shoot straight from the hip, but I think a lot of people really need to receive it that way. And I think that you really yeah. gave a lot of good advice, a lot of good information. And I definitely want to really appreciate you guys coming on the show. Thank you so thank much. You for me. And thank you so much, Melvin. Thank you so much to my co-host over here, Mr. Ed Miller, you know, adding in a different element of uh, questions and uh, ideas for a lot of people to listen to. So one thing's for sure, I will definitely put all your information, your website, and also your social information. Uh, just in case people actually have some questions for you, which I'm sure they will, uh, they'll definitely be able to contact you at any time. Absolutely. All right. Well, this is Chris from Brother Street Podcast signing off with co-host Ed Miller and also <laughs> and also Mr. Melvin Brown, the managing director of Lemon Brands. And after that, you guys Thank have a wonderful guys. day.